Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. I am so excited to talk with you. This is one of my favorite subjects. This is something I love. I don't need notes for it. I've taught this, studied this throughout the years. I always have had an interest with the dynamics of, of flight and also the, the anatomy of a creature such as the eagle. So majestic. So majestic. I'm reminded of a story of a, I'm reminded of a, story of a, of a chicken a chicken that was in the hen house and within the, on, on the farm. And that, that chicken was always different. All the other chickens knew how to walk. They had that strut about them. And they would go. That other one was real floppy. Just didn't have it. He didn't have that groove, didn't have that step. When he would walk, he would kind of walk differently, almost looked like a duck, but this one chicken always didn't seem like he fit in. And he was always an outcast to his group, and finally, as they got older, they realized that, you know, this guy is so big. This guy is so, he's different, he's huge, he's He's a different color. Until one day, they all got older, and and that chicken flapped his wings one time, and you recognized that he could fly higher than the other ones in that little coop. And all of a sudden, as the years gone by, he looked up in the air, and he saw an eagle in the sky. And when he saw that eagle fly by, he looked at himself and thought, that's a lot. I look a lot like that guy. And he looked at himself, and sure enough, he wasn't a chicken. He was an eagle. The question was, how did I get here? And so he said, if that's what I am, then that's what I'll be. And then he started to flap his wings, and there he went. And as everyone looked in on him as amazed, just amazed by it, they, they then began to sing his praises and said, I knew he was an eagle. I knew he would do something great. And they never saw him again. And there he went, alone, high, above, where he used to be, where all the problems were, where all the criticism were, where all those things that occurred in his life that were problems to him, now he left behind. And that's our nature, you and I. When you are born again, that's exactly what it feels like. You and I have a different perspective. You and I look at Jesus in our life and we say, that's more of what I want to be like. That's who I feel like I really am. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. There's nothing more more exciting than to find out your identity in life, to find out that you have greatness inside of you. It really doesn't matter what you've been through in life. It doesn't matter what, uh, what, what your heritage is or what your last name is or what kind of mistakes your family has made or even you have made. At the end of the day, 
when you have Jesus in your life, you are born with something that you didn't have before. Here's the good news. If you weren't born with something, you can be reborn with it. In other words, if you weren't born with the wisdom that you felt like that you needed, common sense, it's what we call it lots of times, and a God-given inherited wisdom to know and have instinct and understand the right decisions to make, to know how to decipher knowledge in your life and to apply it, and to understand your identity and purpose and feel your calling and know that, that this is what I was born to do. Lots of people don't find that. Lots of people find jobs and they find something to occupy and they're not happy doing it. They're more involved in love with the paycheck than they are the task. And then they climb the wrong wall of success and they've gone already too high so they limit themselves and say, it's kind of embarrassing to kind of go back down the wall and everybody watch me go back down and then I have to climb back up another wall. But God gives you this grace that, that to me, it's, a, it's, a, it's an unexplainable favor that God can bring into your life, that no matter where you are in the rungs of success in your life, God can do a swap. God can cause you to go from one place to another and transition you, and favor can expedite your process. It doesn't matter what stage you are at on ground level or you're midway up, no matter where you're at in life, it is never too late. Never too late for God to rearrange your life, change your life. I've seen God come into people's lives that, that didn't have it together. I've seen people that were on drugs, and I've seen people that were alcoholics, and people, I mean, on this side of the desk, we see a lot of things. And I'm here to tell you the good news is I've seen God change every one of those individuals' lives and people's lives, and I see it all the time. They've graduated high school, they've graduated college, or they, they're out of the house, or they never finished school, or whatever it may be, no matter how old you are. Moses was in his 80s when God called him to bring Israel out of Egypt. The apostle Paul had already climbed up that, that proverbial ladder of religion and politics. And he was already up there, and then all of a sudden, he had his road to Damascus experience. And that altered everything, and he was a game changer. And he went from Saul of Tarsus to the apostle Paul, and God changed him instantly. You were born to fly. You were born to soar. You weren't born to eat worms from the ground. You weren't born to just sit around and wait for somebody to come and give you some feed. You were made to soar into high places. You were designed to do something greater. To me, the greatest example of this is Jesus Christ. To me, Jesus Christ was an eagle. To me, Jesus Christ was one that, and someone who soared above every problem. Jesus was the one who, who had flight. What makes the eagle so different is that the body of the eagle is so light. Some have measured and estimated that just the structure of the body itself weighs less than around a pound. Now, I've never weighed an eagle. I don't know. <laughs> but they know definitely that the strength of the eagle is not found in the body. 
The strength of the eagle is found in its wings. With that skeleton, that muscular structure that it has on the wings, the muscles underneath the wings were made and developed for it to get a good thrust going down. The ones on the top end of the wings were a little bit lighter, not as strong, but the strength of the eagle is when it's able to flap its wings and fly, and that, that wingspan of the eagle goes to at least eight feet wide. Brilliant in its appearance, just marvelous in its appearance, just looks majestic in every way. But that's what it's like in the body of Christ and for every believer, because sin has made us light, heavy, but the blood, excuse me, the blood lifts sin from our life and we become light. The body is free from sin. The body, we've been forgiven of our sins. We've been washed by his blood. We have been converted from unrighteousness to righteousness, from darkness to light. And there are so many things that happen that cause us to feel weighted down. But when the blood of Jesus is applied by us lifting up our voice and saying, Father, forgive me. That's all it takes. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I'm telling you, there is a lightness that comes on your body. And here's the magnificent part. The Spirit gives you wings. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the kingdom of God inside of you gives you the ability to stand out from everything else and gives you the ability to soar above your problems, to leave the past behind, to not worry about what just happened in the present. I've seen them. I've watched videos. I've actually seen an eagle one time, an American eagle, out by DuPont. They had a little watchtower. I think they're still out there. You can go out there. When it used to be DuPont, I think they changed the name now. And I've seen an eagle from the Eagle Tower, I think, believe it was. But I've also seen them on, on television. I've seen the, how they take off. They can take off from one spot. They don't need a running start. They take off from one spot the moment they flap their wings. You know that when you worship God, you're taking off from one spot because the strength that's in worship, when your spirit engages with the Holy Spirit, you have been given the ability to leave your problems right then and there. You have been given the ability to leave your problems right then and there. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait for the next day and hour. You can get into the presence of God as fast as it takes you to surrender as as long as it'll take you to get away from your problems. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes problems don't diminish. Sometimes they don't instantly go away, but your mindset is in a different place. And when you look at a problem and it seems like it's going to overcome you, it looks like it's going to defeat you, it looks like it has the best of you, let me encourage you and tell you, when you see that problem through the eyes of God, nothing's impossible for you to do. Nothing's impossible for God to do. Say this with me. Say this with me. I can do all things through Christ, through the Spirit who strengthens me. Nothing's too hard. Give God some praise. Nothing is too hard for God to do. Jesus was an eagle. Someone said this one time in one, 
Everyone has an opinion and thoughts about eagles. Someone said that there is up to and around nine feather tips on the end of the wings of an eagle that cause it to have this certain dynamic, aerodynamics about it. The wings of the eagle can go out, and there are certain parts of that feather, and that, that, those feathers that can be altered. And if you look at them, they, 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 they have a curl that goes back, which causes the wind and the turbulence of the wind to go underneath it, and it curls back under where it carries the body. So it works where they begin to work that. So they can stay in the air at mid-flight without ever flapping their wings because they've learned how to catch the wind. They've learned how to catch the wind. And the wind that's there as resistance, they've altered it that now it's not against them. It's actually going around and lifting them. They learn to soar with it. They learn to soar. And there are so many things that you and I can do that God has allowed us to do. One of the attributes is, is that, number one, I'm going to go through seven points. Let me try to whiz through these for your sake. But point number one, write these down if you can. Remember, not point number one up there. I got the first point up here, guys. So sorry. That's point number six. So when I say point number six, you can throw that up there. Point number one up here, there we go. The eagles fly alone. That's their nature. They fly on their own. You don't see them in flocks. One of the reasons why they don't, you don't see them in flocks like ducks, like geese, is because those birds need someone to shield the wind for them. And they create this breaker. And they create this point where the first duck will break and he will resist everything and those behind him will feel the lightness and less resistance where they keep flying. And then they alternate after a while and they keep on alternating and they work together. But the eagle has been designed to not have assistance but to learn how to alter the wind to his advantage. But you see, it was made to go places that no one else will go. Eagles fly alone at high altitudes and not with sparrows or they don't fly with smaller birds. In fact, those smaller birds become irritants to the eagle if they fly too low. No other bird can fly to the heights of the eagles, maybe the condor, but the eagle is majestic in what it can do. The eagle can twirl. The eagle can fly and look like it's an art form and make it look like they're doing a choreographed flight in midair for our entertainment. But that's just its nature. Because like spirit-filled Christians, we were made to flow with the spirit, be led by the spirit. And there are special things that you and I know and can do because of God's presence. There are so many things that God has allowed you to have. So one person said that, that Jesus was an eagle because those feathered tips that he had on his spirit there were nine gifts of the Spirit that Jesus had, and there were nine fruits of the Spirit. And he operated in all, all of them. And he had the ability to flow with the Spirit and know and operate by love, by joy, and have the peace and the temperance of God in its nature. But there wasn't one problem that Jesus faced 
that he didn't have an answer for because everything he needed was inside of him. Everything he was, everything he needed, wanted to, he needed to be in that moment. He was able to because of what was inside of him. And that's the same for you. But not everybody's going to go with you. Not everybody's going to believe like you do. Jesus really, even though he had disciples, Jesus really was alone. Jesus really had a tough time trying to get his disciples to believe with him. I want you to write this down. Not everyone has the same calling. We are all called, but we have different assignments. Now, we have generally God's called us to reach out to the lost, right? Uh, to be sons of God, led by the Spirit, and to reach out to others. But the method is different for every one of us. But the tools the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding, every gift that was available to Jesus is available to you. So here's what I want you to write down and I want you to take note of. You are never alone because you have Jesus. You are never alone. He said he would never leave you or forsake you. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing to go even if no one else wants to. Or go where? Well, when I think of someone else outside of the Lord Jesus himself to be an example of an eagle, I think of Moses. Moses had a prayer life that took him so deep. But the reason why he was so deep is because he went so high. For example, he, when was called by God, remember he went up to the mountain on Zion, he went up into the mountain alone, went up to the clouds. They couldn't see him anymore to spend time alone with God. And he spent time alone with God. He came back down with everything necessary to get Israel through the wilderness to the promised land. There are two things that Moses came down with when he went up as an eagle alone with God. Write this down. He came down with two revelations and understandings. He came down with the commandments, and he came down with the plans for the tabernacle. The law was based on the relationship they needed to have with God. He gave them instruction for a relationship, what they needed to do to maintain good standing with God, the law, and then the structure of worship in their life. He gave them the recipe for worship. He taught them how to worship, where his presence needed to be, how they needed to orchestrate around his presence, what they needed to do in order to maintain that favor, to never lose a battle Think about this, to never lose a battle, to not let one of the enemies come in and take away their blessings, take away their land, take away what God has done for them. He taught them and gave them two principles. In your life, when you go into God's presence, you have to be willing to do it alone. Now, I know it's tough to do it for mamas right now, right? Some of you mamas, you have a tough time trying to find time alone. Daddy's probably the only time you have is behind the windshield driving. 
and that's fine. But wherever you can find time alone with God, if it's five minutes or ten minutes, spend it. Stay focused. Don't let nothing distract you. Turn your phone off. Trust me, technology is good. You'll be able to call them back. They'll text you, I promise. They'll text you. But you have to be willing to go alone. The reference for this is Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. When Jesus was done ministering, he sent the disciples away, but he went off to a mountain. He sent the disciples away, but he went to a mountain. And they went across the Sea of Galilee. And while they were on the sea, and while they were in the boat, here comes Jesus walking on the water. Jesus was an eagle. He was in flight. He was totally spirit-filled, and he met them on the water. But the Bible says before that meeting and that one experience that they had, they looked at Jesus. The Scripture says he went off into a mountain like Moses did in a mountain. You have to find your mountains in your life, your times to be alone with God. Time spent with God is time well spent. Time spent with God is time well spent. The second things eagles have, they have strong vision. Strong vision. Up to about three miles, they can see very clearly. They can see their objective or what what, what their food is fixing to be, their next meal, if you will. They know every movement to the fine detail of staying focused on that, up to three miles. Think about this. They can see a mouse, a squirrel, a fox, a fish. Have you ever seen an eagle go down and take his talons and grab a fish in the stream or a salmon and fly off with it? Those wings are so strong and talons are so strong that it can go down and get a little creature, a little bitty animal, and pick it up and fly off with it. Those wings are strong. The body's light, the wings are strong. And their vision to see what they need to accomplish and what they need to do is very clear. Let me encourage you, as a believer, you have to have clear vision and know what the objective is. In order to keep your flight, you have broken through. You have a breakthrough in your life. But in order to maintain your your, your flight, and maintain that level of breakthrough, you have to know where you're going. You have to know where you're going. Do you have a goal in your life? How many of you have goals? Now, how many of you have a plan for the goal? Okay, because goals without plans is just a dream. And how many of you started working that plan? You got to start working the plan. But most people, they get stumped at the fact that they just can't see it and don't know. This is where God gives you clear vision. He starts putting things together for you. We call them happenstance. We call it coincidences. I call it God's timing, God's confirmation. As you walk with God, as you allow yourself to be spirit-led, God will open up doors. God will let you see very clearly every step you need to take. And you have to be determined that I'm going to follow God no matter what. You have to have the ability to focus on something 
you have to have the ability to stay focused and not get distracted. When you have had your breakthrough, folks, when you have had your breakthrough, if you don't stay focused, you're going to end up back in the barnyard. You're going to end up back with the chickens. You're going to end up back on that. You know, the good thing about having a good foundation is that you can rebuild on that foundation, right? So, you know, God allows second chances, right? I think I've been given about a thousand second chances. I'm not quite sure where I'm at right now, but I'm up there. (laughs) No one's perfect. No one has it all together. No one does, right? We all make mistakes, and we all need a chance to start over. But, but the truth is, is that unless you stay focused, unless you understand, uh, no matter what obstacle there is, the eagle won't, he won't move his focus off of its prey. That's the way Jesus was. Jesus was like this. No matter what happened to him, no matter who liked him, who didn't like him, no matter who agreed with him, no matter what, he stayed focused on the objective. The scripture reference for this point is Hebrews chapter 12. Read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew his assignment. His assignment was to go to the cross. And as murky as it may have gotten, he never forgot the reason he was born. Jesus had to give his life so you and I could have a life. You and I could have a life. But what would have happened if Jesus got sidetracked? Can you imagine Jesus saying, I ain't going to the cross. Judas is going to betray me. (laughs) Right? No, but I'm not going to let them go. That's what most of you would have said. I'm not going. Let them go. See if they can carry their own. Let them carry their own cross. Can you imagine if Jesus was upset because Peter denied him around the fire? Can you imagine if Jesus said, the scripture says, listen, the scripture says they all left him and scattered like sheep. He was left alone. That's okay. You know why Jesus could endure being alone? Because he had already learned to be alone with the Father. That's a good thought right there. Write that down. It didn't bother Jesus to be alone because he had learned to be alone with the Father and learned he was never alone. But for the joy set before him, he was focused. He had good vision. He knew why he was there. Do you know why you even come to church? How many of you come to church to see me? No? How many of you come to church because you want to experience Jesus? That's why you should come to church. And you should get the love of Jesus. And you should love people. You know, that's how you know you've got Jesus. That's how you know when you can love the unlovable. When you can love the people that don't love you. And that's not in church. That's outside the church. That's what makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is when you can love the unlovable and stay focused to know that you have a reward, that your reward is great, that you have the end in mind, and you're focused on him, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. That's what Hebrews chapter 12 says. The third thing is eagles prefer fresh meat. Eagles prefer fresh meat. 
Now, someone said eagles don't eat dead things alone. I've stated that in my notes, if you look on the app. But after doing more research, I realized even through the winter months, eagles will eat anything to survive like anybody else. You and I, profess, we prefer fresh food, don't we? Come on, somebody. Do you, I mean, you don't go to the grocery store and say, oh, do you have spoiled pork? <laughs> right? <laughs> I like to have some steaks, 365 days aged. I don't know about that aged steak. Some of you love it. I don't love it. I like mine fresh. Now, eagles like fresh food and prefer it. Where am I going with this? Here's what you need to take from this. Vultures prefer dead and have no preference, but eagles like fresh. It's very important for you and I to keep a fresh revelation from God in our hearts and minds. God's people were never meant to live and be sustained off of yesterday's revelations. When God gives, you know, that's how denominations are born. And they limit themselves. That's why we're a non-denominational church. If you look at church history, church history shows that there was from the beginning, from the beginning of the Catholicism, to Martin Luther, to the Wesley movement, to the Baptist, the Presbyterian, all of, all of you see the, the progression of getting closer to a movement that we are experiencing today with the outpouring of God's Spirit. I just saw an article, a confession of a Methodist preacher that confessed to the whole congregation, I speak in tongues every day. I pray in the Spirit every day. Do we have any tongue talkers here today? Do we have any people that pray in the Spirit? I know that sounds weird. If you're watching on YouTube or watching online right now and you go, oh, my God, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> I want everything God has for me. And no one taught me that. It was an experience that I had while worshiping God. He baptized me in the Spirit. And it's something that happens is for everyone. You know, people, when you receive the baptism of the Spirit, and that happens to you. And by the way, this past Wednesday night, we had two people receive it right here. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's in the Bible. Read the book of Acts. It happened all in the Scripture. But here's my point. When you're hungry for God, you get something new. If you've never even heard of it, search the Scriptures. Learn about it. Get a fresh revelation because you are meant to eat something fresh. You know, when Israel, when, when God spoke to Moses, God spoke to Moses. See, he showed his acts unto Israel, but he showed Moses why, showed him his ways. And God told Moses, you tell Israel they have to eat the manna the first day. If they save it for the next day, it turns into worms. That's what old revelation is and becomes. Old revelation. Oh, I'm, I'll, okay. I believe, the, I believe the tormenting mindset of a, of, a, of a believer or someone is that they know what to do 
and have knowledge of what to do, but don't do it. That's the struggle in Christianity because they lack the wingspan to take flight. We've got eagles that have chicken wings because they don't pray. The reason why they don't pursue further into God is because they lack knowledge. They lack a revelation and understanding. There's nothing more wonderful than understanding who Jesus is, what he did, and what he's going to do in your life. Jesus wasn't just a man. Jesus was the son of man. Emphasis on the son of God, the son of David. He was emphasized as being the only begotten of the Father. He wasn't just a man. He was a God-man. He was both God and man. He had the nature of the Father completely embodied within him. For the fullness of the Godhead, the Scripture says, dwelt within him bodily. That means he was filled with the Spirit and the fullness of God, not the quantity but the quality. He had every attribute that was given to him in the spirit world. But listen, here's the, here's the point. Jesus did not live off of yesterday's victories alone. Jesus sought for a new one every day. Jesus didn't cast out a demon at one revival and say, my God, I've done my duty for my whole life. I'm ready to go, Lord. I'm ready to go, Father. No, the next day he said things like, I've got to go through Samaria. We're going to go to this place. Let's go over here. Lazarus and the dead, they think he's dead, but watch this. I'm fixing to make him fly again. I'm telling you that Jesus was an eagle, and he looked for something fresh. If you want to lose the staleness in your life, if you want to feel a reviving spirit, then start looking for something new in your life to accomplish and look for the assignment and start reading your Bible with the intent and say, Lord, show me something new about you. Give me a new revelation. Eagles have to have fresh meat. Have to. It's necessary it's necessary. It's good stuff, isn't it? I'm moving along. Is this okay? Is this okay? Jesus said it like this in John. The scripture reference for this would be found here. It's good to do your research, folks. Don't just believe what I'm saying. Go home and do a study on it. Go home and read your Bible. John chapter 6, verse 63 says, it is a spirit, Jesus said, that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. In other words, what I say to you is fresh. Revelation, lively, alive. When I speak to you and to your circumstance and your problem, it will change. Somehow you can talk about your problems, it'll never change. But let me address your problem and it's going to change. Because what I say something comes fresh from the Spirit. And the other one is, eagles love storms. Eagles love storms. While other predators are hiding from the storm, eagles fly straight to the storm. Why? Because they have learned how to, 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 to maneuver, to embrace the wind. That's why for every Christian... Every Christian should be excited. I know this sounds crazy, but when you learn and know how God works, there ought to be something inside of you that anticipates God to do something when a problem comes into your life. Always, always. I invite problems now 
People want to fight with me, go ahead. You're not fighting with me, you're fighting with God because I'm not going to fight. I'm going to love you, but God's going to have his way and God's going to do his thing. Listen, you are made to be a fighter, you're meant to be a lover. Now, you've got to fight your flesh. You've got to fight some temptation, some things that are there and resist it sometimes. But the truth is, you are made to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And when you do that, you're going to find God come in and take care of your problems for you. All you've got to learn how to do is learn how to maneuver the wind. Learn how to let that wind that seems like it's against you learn to be for you. That's what the scripture means. If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? When clouds gather, eagles get excited. Eagles use a storm, the wind, to lift it up higher. Once it finds, the, finds its wings in that wind, you have to find your wings in the wind. It uses that turbulent wind to harness it, to use it. And it gives them an opportunity to glide and to rest its wings. To rest from flapping. Eagles can now just glide. Smooth. You remember when the disciples went across the sea that one time again and Jesus was sleeping in the boat? Remember that when Jesus was asleep and the disciples said, Lord, don't you care about us that we perish? And Jesus just stood up, looked at the wind and said, peace be still. He commanded it, peace be still, and everything got calm. And they looked at each other, and they go, hee-ho. <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> By the way, if you're new here, every apostle and disciple and character in the Bible was Latino for me. <laughs> Only because I don't have any other Jewish accents. So when I do a Bible character, they are Latinos. So the disciples looked at each other and go, man, what kind of man is this? <laughs> you got scared. This guy just said, peace be still, and the winds got still. Why? It was in him. He actually took him on a flight with him. What was against them was now beneath them. You understand what I'm telling you? What was against them was now beneath them, just like an eagle. Your words matter. When you speak the right words, storms don't scare you. Storms excite you. Storms excite you because you learn how to ride. And here's the last one of the five. Eagles always test before they trust. Always. Eagles always test before they trust. If you look at it closer, if you study this, you'll find that there is a mating process when an eagle finds its mate. The first thing an eagle will do is go grab a twig and it will take it up in flight and drop it. And that mate, that potential mate, has to have the ability to go and retrieve what it drops. Go and retrieve what it drops. Similar to a, to a woman who drops her napkin, her hanky. You're not her hanky. And a man comes behind and picks it up for her and gives it back. Just responsibility and being courteous and being a gentleman. Well, that eagle has to have 
that type of sense of responsibility for the, for the female eagle because one day that little twig isn't going to be a twig. It's going to be a little eaglet. That little drop is going to be a big drop. And that eagle has to learn how to go and mount up that baby eaglet on their wings and catch them and bring them back to safety. With every relationship that you have, there has to be a testing, a time of testing. In other words, you don't bring the testing. You don't bring and manipulate the testing in a relationship, but you embrace the test when it comes because let me encourage every married couple here, if you have an argument, if you have a disagreement, that does not mean you don't love each other. No one falls out of love. They fall out of forgiveness. And the reason why, I know after 25 years of marriage, 25 years of marriage. My, 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 my. 25 years of being married to this brick house. Mm. I'll tell you what, man, it's it's a wonderful thing. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. It's a good thing, and it's a wonderful thing. But let me encourage you and tell you that any argument we've gotten into has done nothing but made us stronger. You know, we have this term in ministry, this saying in ministry that uh, we use when we have new people come in and everything's wonderful, everything's so good, so wonderful, good, happy all the time, right? And then the honeymoon is over. That's what we call it, the honeymoon is over. Then you start having problems and you start seeing some things they didn't see before and then you start, everyone gets mad and pastor, can't believe he ain't a good pastor. I'm not. There are other pastors better than me, I know. But I love God with all my heart, and I'll try my best. I love you. But, but if you can forgive, and if you can love, you become good friends. And you learn that you can trust because really a lot of the problems we face are just insecurities and fears and misunderstandings. And at the end of the day, we love each other. We care about each other. Never cut somebody off in your life because you may need them down the road. Everybody's important. Everybody's important. And every relationship has to be tested before it's trusted. So never put everything into a quick relationship, young people. Can I give you young people a little little advice right now? How many of you young people want some advice for that special someone? How do you know she's or he's the right one? Raise your hand, young people, if you want them here. So just two, three points. Nobody? Oh, you all have it together? You've been watching Dr. Phil? Huh? You want to know? All right. Thank you. Here's what we're going to do. Let me show you. If you want to know he or she is the right one, if you want to know, girls, if, if he's the right one, look and see how he treats his mama. And don't say I'm committed to you are able to see him under pressure. And see how he responds under pressure. 
because you'll be surprised. The truth of someone's identity doesn't come out until they are under pressure. Young men, you want to know about that girl? You want to know? Are you ready? If she doesn't kiss you on the first date and slaps your hands right away, she's the right one. And if she loves Jesus and she honors her father and she's in love with her heavenly father and she has a sense of godliness in her life where you're not number one, you never want the opposite sex in your life to be, to think that you're number one ever, 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 ever. That woman over there, well, she was there. She took off already. <laughs> well, the rest of you here, the rapture didn't happen, so I'm good. I know that lady goes. It's <laughs> My sure tells sign whether no, I made it or not. If I'm, she's gone, I'm gone. We're good. She's better, she, she better love Jesus more than she loves me. Oh, man, let me tell you something. That's how you know they have priorities. They have principles about them. You got to see them tested. You got to see them if they respect authority because I'm going to promise you something, young men. You're an authority figure in your family. And that little, that little sweet thing that just has an attitude, don't think that it won't evolve into your relationship because that will come into your life. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, I should have listened to my mom. <laughs> Mommy, she's mean to me. I don't know what I did, Mom. I should have listened to you. Can I come back home? <laughs> mom is like, no, tonto, I told you. I told you. <laughs> I told you. Man. To listen to mama. Turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm an eagle. Point number six, we're moving on. Point number six, I'm almost done. Staying within my time frame. Are you enjoying this today? Is you have to recognize, and concluding with that last thought, though, is saying, you know, even before the disciples became apostles, they had to be tested. Jesus had to see them tested, what they went through, and you know their true nature. But point number six, and this is one I want you to see on the, on the screen, God will stir your nest. God will stir your nest. If you become complacent, if you're content, God doesn't want you to be there. God wants you to move on. He wants you to experience something different, and he wants you to have something more. That is a huge, forget the pixel, please forgive the pixelation on that. It's a little pixelated, but, but I want you to recognize that, that that nest, that is a huge nest. I mean, try finding that under your front door, right? That'd be weird. Oh, my God, the eagles are back. <laughs> Go around the back. The eagles came back. Listen, that's a huge nest. That is what you call comfortable. That's what you and I have created, right? Are you ready? Oops.
comfort. God wants you to live in blessings, but he doesn't want you to become so comfortable you do nothing. God did not bless you for you to stop being a blessing. Let me repeat that. God did not bless you for you to stop being a blessing. God intended for you to be more productive. In fact, I'm a firm believer, the more God blesses you, the more influential you should become in the kingdom. If not, you're not being a very good steward of what God has done for you in your life. Read the Bible. There is no place in the scripture that talks about retirement. Or in other words, that God gives you the okay and says, okay, you can stop. You've done enough. You've earned your reward. That never happens. Beware because you're fixing to meet your maker. <laughs> but Moses, again, was in his 80s when God said, okay, now you're ready. What? Just got comfortable. I just bought the boat. Right? Just bought the boat. Just got our house. Just got that second home we've been wishing for. The vacation home, you know. And God says, you know what? I have an assignment. There are people going, you ready? There are people going to hell. Oh, that's a harsh, that's a harsh way to say it, right? Is it to some people? Or am I telling the truth? No one wants to talk about hell anymore. Why? Hell was made for the devil and his angels. Heaven was made for you and I. The deception is, is that the devil wants to confuse you and get you to go where he was meant to go. Why? Because you took his place of worship when he was kicked out of heaven. And he's jealous of you because now you're the music that God loves to hear. That's why the scripture says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. That means that you can make, no matter what tone you carry, you can still make a joyful noise. But your giftings and every talent that you have was meant to be used by God because it's a form of worship. And if you get comfortable in your nest, God will stir your nest. Look at Deuteronomy 32 and 11 and 13. I have to move on. I'm coming to a close. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttering over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, that's speaking of Israel, and there was no strange God with him. He made him to ride on the high places of the earth. Made him to ride, that means he flew. He took him to higher heights that he may eat the increase of the fields and made him to suck honey out of a rock and oil out of a flinting rock. So that's God bringing provision. But what God said was that he caused Israel to become uncomfortable to get him out to become something, to get him out. You know, those eaglets that are in there, that's what a bald eagle looks like before it matures. It's brown. In the early days when they were discovering the eagle, they thought they found a new species. There are actually 60 species of eagles that are out there. There are eagles all around the world in different countries. But the bald eagle, the American eagle, is what has the white head. It looks majestic with the, with the, with the orange and the yellow, orange yellow talons and so forth. But this is what the difference is. The difference is, is that with eagles, unlike human beings, eagles will notice the growth 
of this eaglets, of the eaglets. They'll recognize it's time for them to go out and feed themselves. Are you ready? You cannot expect God to spoil you. No, 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 no. I mean, come on, guys. If you're still, listen, uh, even eagles see that their kids are old enough to get their own food. Even eagles know that they're old enough to go out there and look for a job. Even eagles know that when they're young get to a certain age, they stop babying them. What happens is that eagle, if you look at three of them, they kind of look confused, like, what's going on here? Let me know. Where's my food? Where's my food? Two thirty, man. Forgive me, Lord. The, the, <laughs> the actual thing that actually what happens is the eagle actually comes in and, and stands on a on a on a on a distant branch and it perches there. This is a thousand things I can say about eagles that I haven't shared with you. But this point I want you to remember is that when it's time for you to get out and fly, your comfort zone becomes uncomfortable. That's the Lord's doing. And these eaglets will stay there, and the eagle will no longer go and feed them. Their own food becomes their own, and they start to eat on their own, and they have to learn to go out. And once it takes its first flight, once it takes its first flight, it's, it's an amazing sight to see. It's like they've been doing it their whole life. But sometimes there's always a weaker eagle in there because there's always a predominant eagle, that one that eaglet, the one that when it comes and they bring a fish. When mama and daddy bring a fish and the eaglets are there, there's always one that's stronger than the other most of the time. And the one that doesn't eat that much becomes weak. And so when it goes out of the nest to go out to feed itself, many times it doesn't make it. It starts to flutter. This is where the eagle comes to its testing point and redoes it again and says, I'm going to go down and I'm going to catch them and bring them back up to safety because God will be with you all the way through. All the way through. But they'll sit there and starve to death if they don't get out of their comfort zone. Point number, two, point number seven and the last point is that God will catch you. God will catch you. If you have a breakthrough, the whole purpose of this Limitless series is to teach you and help you how to get to a breakthrough in your life. And this lesson today is how to maintain it. You have to have good vision. Stay focused. You have to get something fresh in your life in order to get rid of the staleness or that burnt out mentality. The burnout happens when people don't keep the fire going. You need a fresh revelation, a fresh experience. You can't live off of last year's experience. You have to have a new one every single week. There are so many things that we have to share with you, but this is probably one of the most important one. God will catch you. You can't fail when God is on your side. It doesn't matter how far you go. It doesn't matter how high you are. 
God is going to catch you. This is our favorite scripture. One of my favorites, Isaiah chapter 40. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting Father, the God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not. Can you throw that scripture up there, please? Isaiah chapter 40. Look at this. He fainteth not. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and grow weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall renew their strength. This is all about getting out. This is all about becoming something. In God. One other thing the eagle does, it will perch and identify the weak feathers in its coat. And when it finds a weak one, it'll pluck it because weak feathers will interrupt a good flight. And then the eagle also, when it starts to feel like its beak is getting out of kelter because it has a strong beak for cutting into prey. It will go into a season of prayer and fasting, if you will. It will go into a season of brokenness. It will go into a season where it breaks the beak on a rock and waits to grow a new one that's stronger and firmer. It will go into a season where it plucks the feathers that are all weak from its, from its coat. It'll look mangy, broken, but when it starts to renew its identity and grow back a stronger beak and feathers, then it flies higher. And there's a packet of ointment and oil on the breast of that eagle. And it, it's depressurized and it's, and it's broken the, at the highest heights. So what happens when it comes out of that stage? If it flies high under the pressure and the altitude, it'll burst. And this is where the anointing comes for you and I. This is what happens. When the Spirit of God begins to renew you and strengthen you, you'll always come out stronger and wiser and better. Always. There is nothing too hard for God to do. Nothing too hard for God to do. maintain your flight here's what it's like you can't constantly go up and down if you feel like you're flying low you know what you need to do you need to pray and fast and seek his word and find time alone with God and don't expect everybody to do it with you don't go on Facebook and say okay everybody I'm going on a fast who's with me wait a minute do it privately don't let anybody know Listen, when I know I'm struggling, if I feel like I've got a struggle, or I feel like, okay, man, I'm, I'm weak right now in my faith, I know what to do. I ain't got to call nobody. I know I got to pray and fast, man. I got to get alone with God. I'm going to have to find time alone with the Spirit of God. I've got to go pray in the Spirit. I have to get alone with God. I, I got to stop listening to 80s music. You hear what I'm saying? got to start 
staying focused. And then you pray and fast and you get to a height and you maintain that by, you know, you go on a three-day fast and you go higher so you maintain that but maybe fasting once a week. But if you stop fasting overall, stop praying overall, you start going down, hold on a second, then you got to fast again. See, I believe every believer needs to experience a new height in their life so you know the difference between flying low and flying high. You were made to be without limits. You were made to soar higher. And you can maintain, the whole point of this message is this. You can maintain the level that you're at spiritually. You can have a breakthrough and never have to revert back to an old lifestyle. You can maintain your walk with God at a new level. And when you're blessed, the blessings don't have to stop. Are you listening? When you get blessed and start seeing the blessings of God, don't think for one moment, oh my God, something bad's fixing to happen. Hell's not happy with us. Hell's going to come and attack us. Hold on a second. Why does there have to be a devil around every corner? Why can't there be an angel there to fight off a devil to get us around there? Why do we got to talk about that all the time? Hold on a second. Let's glorify God. Let's start speaking faith. Let's start speaking words of faith like, you know what? God did it today. He's going to do it again. We're so grateful. So when the bad things do happen, the rest of that goes off your back like water on a duck's back. It don't matter. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. This ain't nothing. God's going to come through like he always has. Let's focus on the good things. Let's focus on the victory. Let's focus on the blessings. Let's focus on the blesser. You can maintain your walk with God and not feel like you have to go back and forth, back and forth. You can live at a certain level if you'll take on the mentality of an eagle. You are made to fly. You had your breakthrough. You can keep your breakthrough. You made it through the certain atmosphere, the firmament. You're above the storm. You can stay above the storm. I'm going through a storm right now. We'll fly above it. Fly above it. Get above it. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. How many of you are with me this Sunday morning? How many of you, if you believe that, if you receive that, just say amen. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.